Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan, Rockefeller Center, New York City, Newsstand Studios. Joined as usual with John across from me. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. Yeah? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Got uh, Joe Hazen rocking the panels. How you doing? Doing, doing, doing. Eh, I'm doing. Uh, got Nastasia the Hammer Lopez chilling up in Stamford, Connecticut. How you doing? Good. Good. No, uh, no Jordana today. No. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, no. Uh, the uh, chances of Rothman are, are low. Zero percent chance of Rothman. Uh, yeah. Got uh, Jackie Molecules over there uh, in our uh, Los Angeles office. How you doing? Which is your house? Hmm. Maybe we have lost the molecules, or the molecules maybe on mute. Mute. Uh, well, we were recapturing Jackie Molecules. Uh, Sorry to say, Quinn uh, is not uh, going to be joining us again today, but uh, we are hopeful he will be back next Tuesday. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, well, uh, Joe is uh, repatching in the molecules. What do, you, what do you guys got for me this week? What's, uh, what's new with the week? You ever see the Great Space Coaster? Did they rerun that when you guys were kids? No. No, Nastasia. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, you had the Great Space Coaster. Oh yeah, of course, man. Freaking Great get on board. Space Coaster. Yeah. Get on board. Huh. Yeah. What about you, Stas? Any any Great Space Coaster in your life? No, we had Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm, and it's not Magic a plate. Mountain. It's a television show. It's a television show. No, no. <laughs> oh, there's there's Jackie Molecules. How you doing? Yeah, Jack. Did yeah, you? Yeah, I got cut off there. For did a second. did uh-huh. you have the uh, Great Space Coaster? No. Freaking get on board! I loved that show when I was a kid. You know what I mean? It was a little. I was a little old for it, it but a you know. Show about roller coasters? No, no. It's just like it's one of those shows for kids. That's like you know, like puppets and like you know, but it was kind of like a bootleg, uh, like a bootleg Fraggle Rock slash bootleg Sesame Street. You know what I mean? But what they had, uh, yeah, what they had that was really, you know, who I, you know, the thing is Nastasia right, has a connection to the electric company. I didn't like that show because I was jealous of those electric company kids. So the electric company was another bootleg Sesame Street, but they, like, they had all these kids who would, like, sing and dance all the time, and I was like, why do they get to be so special? Why are they on TV? Crap on them. You know what I mean? Was it you that had the connection to electric company stars? No, no, no. I don't know who that is. There was also, this is New York only, Channel 5. Right. Uh, you know, before it was Fox, it's just Channel Five. Right. Uh, there was a show called Wonderama and it was a dude like a he looked like a like a like, a, I don't know, like a 70s uh, game show host, because that's probably what he wanted to be in his life. But instead, he was doing this kid show with a chimp and all the kids were like in this like real gross, like carpeted like pit. And I remember that very distinctly. But anyway, the Great Space Coaster had a character on it named Gary Gnu. Oh, yeah. yeah, Gary freaking Gnu. And it's Gary Gnu, and his tagline was, no Gnu's is good Gnu's with, with Gary Gnu. With Gary Gnu. No Gnu's is good Gnu's with Gary Gnu. That was his thing. But his thing that he did every week was, this is Gary Gnu with the Book of the Week in Review. So we should, you know, have like, like this is our Book of the Week in Review. Long way to get to, has anything happened this oh, week? Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow, that was... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't even, don't even get me started. Well, you guys do know who the banana splits are, though, right? You've seen the banana splits. Was that in syndication when you were kids? No. Jeez. No, and not me. They redid the banana splits as a movie where it's like a horror movie, though. But I hadn't seen that, though, because I don't want to ruin my, my childhood. I mean, they are creepy. They're, the Banana Splits characters are some creepy dudes. They're they were like, creepy. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. They're like HR Puffin stuff, kind of like stuffed, like, like you know, like, uh, fur, like what, what do you call people who dress in costumes all the time? Fur, furries? Furries? Furries. Furries, yeah. They're like, yeah. They're like that well, high out of their minds. High out of their minds doing a kid's show. And they're also on a roller coaster from time to time, which is kind of funny. Uh, so anything... Uh, and their song, I'm not even going to sing their song because it's going to get in your head and that's going to be it. Well, it's already in my head, so I'm host. Oh, they're creepy looking. They're soups creepy. They're totally 100% creepy. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. The banana splits. No. Yeah. One banana, two banana. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to. Uh, so what do you guys do this week? What do you got? I have no good food stuff, but I will say I calibrated my home theater and got really into 4K Blu-rays. That's my... Contribution mm, I see. to the week, and it's uh, 
it's a game changer, man. Any AV nerds out there, it's wow. Yeah. So are you a screen person or a projector person? Uh, no, I have a screen, like a 65 inch. Yeah, yeah. Right. But how loud is, how loud can you be in LA? See, in New York, we're all limited by how loud we can be. Like, can you be like ultra loud? Is your, I was pretty, I was pretty loud. Yeah. I watched Dune last night. It was shaking the entire house. I have like the whole five, you know, five one surround thing. Which the, uh, Shamalama Ding Dong or the original one was staying in it. Uh, and, uh, what's his name? Kyle McLaughlin. No, no, the, the newer one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know we've said this before, but I cannot believe they're doing another Willy Wonka and that Chalamet (laughs) is the young Willy Wonka and they hired Hugh Grant to be the freaking Oompa Loompa. There is no good ideas here. There are no good car ideas in this situation. Like, I don't know what the hell. It's like it's bad enough that they did the Johnny Depp version, which was a horror show. You know what I mean? And then, I mean, no offense to anyone that likes it, but no, it it's bad. It's a bad idea. It was a bad idea done poorly. And then there's a Tom and Jerry version, which is fundamentally ju- just the original Gene Wilder version, but with Tom and Jerry, right? Also, didn't need to happen, right? Did not need to happen. But this new thing that did not I mean, I don't know. I'm going to have to see it just because I have to see any sort of Willy Wonka related uh, you know, production. But, you know, and uh, was it Nastasia who said or someone said they should have hired the guy from the bear because he already looks like Gene Wilder. But, um, you know, this is supposed to be young, young Wonka, young Wonka. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I need to see. Young Wonka. Anyway, uh, so how. Do you have a how's how's your subwoofer, Jack? Good, Very yeah, solid. So back in yeah. the back in the nineties, late nineties, when I last time I was thinking about this, when I was building my cabs and my amps and all that stuff, uh, there was a, a person. I think they were out of Massachusetts. They weren't Bose related. Maybe they'd worked there at some point. But they used to make subs. You like this? Uh, you like this, uh, Joe? They used to make subs where instead of using a speaker cone. The dude literally just put a servo motor and an arm and was just like, wop, 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 wop. So he wasn't using like a magnetic cone and a ring. And he was just like the low, just the super low end. And it was just this like strong motor, like, you know what I mean? To really get that like, so when a helicopter would fly overhead, you'd be like, you know what I mean? Like your chest would implode, which is sweet. I could never afford one though. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, yeah. I forget the name of his company. Servo it was Servo something was the name of it, of his company. I don't think anyone does that anymore. I mean, speaker cones are probably so good now. You know what I mean? Like subs are probably amazing yeah. now. You know. Anyway, yeah, we uh, we digress. So like, uh, yeah, and whenever I listen to loud stuff in in New York, I can't wait for them to build like a, a subwoofer that you just strap to your chest. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, like, you know, you, you have the cans over your ears so you can have, like, the super loud with, like, great separation even in your apartment where, like, you know, if you drop a pin, the person underneath is like, are you moving furniture? Are you moving furniture? You know what I mean? You know, you see you have the cans, but then you, like, strap something around your chest that, like, gives you that, you know what I mean? That feeling that you're, like, that you are that you might vibrate to death, which I kind of like in small amounts. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. I don't know. Uh, all right. Nice. What about you, Stas? You got anything? Anything? Um, I mean, people have come out from the city every day, but I haven't made anything interesting because I have to do, like, bulk crap, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, I like bulk crap. Speaking of uh, not bulk crap, have you heard this thing? I just heard on the, when I was biking over here. Bitman's trying to do a nonprofit, two nonprofit community kitchens where it's Pay what you like, high quality, uh, high quality ingredients, uh, good menu and living wage for everyone based on New York prices. One in the Bronx and one in Lower Westchester. I'm just hearing about it. And I have no idea how that's going to work. It's five. It's supposed to be. It's, it's going to be a five hundred one c three. What? I said, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nastasia just like zing. Yeah, good luck. So it's true, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. true. No, it's true. Yeah. So since it's like still kind of summertime, and you have a you know a uh, waterfront uh, situation, and people keep on coming to avail themselves of it, have you been keeping track of like the House Guest Olympics? You're familiar with the House Guest Olympics, right? No. Oh, so the House Guest Olympics, there's a number of uh, categories in House Guest Olympics. One is just how much of a pain in the butt they are when they're at your place. And then you rate all the different house guests based on how good or bad they are. So it's what people bring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to do this. You have to rate people. You'd be like, well, I really like that person. But man, they came in last in the House Guest Olympics. You know what I mean? So like, what do they bring? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what do they bring? How much of a freaking mess do they brought. make? And how much of a pain are they? So hook me up. What do you got? Without naming names. Up, I've split up kids, people with kids, and, like, people that are single, which has helped a lot. But it really shows the difference between the two. Because the people with kids, they start to bring cousins and nephews and stuff. So I had eight kids here on Sunday. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, you invite, let's say you invite me and and Booker and Dax. So all of a sudden now the cousins start showing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why? And then they bring... They bring one bottle of wine, uh, and then one of them brought all of these hard seltzers that were left over uh, from their parents' house, like the grandparents' house. Uh, and nobody wants to drink, you know, because everyone wants the wine. Uh, and so the wine's gone by, like, 4 p.m. when they get there at 2, and uh, then we're stuck with hard seltzers. Uh, and I'm not going to buy the wine, too. No, you, know? you should not. Like, you should not. No, you shouldn't have to buy. Although, you know what I do? I always have a like people always bring wine and I never need to break into it, but I always have like just something I can spill into if they don't bring it. But you're, I understand why on principle you won't. You know what I mean? I get why on principle you won't do that, but I can make it have a box, you know, yeah. but like it just feels because then they're going to expect, well, there's four bottles, technically four bottles that she has. So why am I going to bring anything? You know, mm. bring more kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, uh, Stas, thanks for the invite. Can I have like a plus twenty? Here's a bottle of here's a bottle of yellowtail Merlot. Thanks. You know what I mean? You can't even wash your counters with hard seltzer because it's got sugar in it. Like disgusting too. Here's, Nobody drinks it. It's now yeah. in the closet. Yeah. I think whoever allowed like the words hard seltzer to be a legal label should go to jail. Or like some sort of like some sort of like punishment. Like some sort of like, it's not maybe illegal, but some sort of moral punishment. First of all, hey, folks, seltzer does not have sugar in it. I don't know if you know this, but hard seltzer has sugar in it. Does it not? It's not unsweetened, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's like vodka or malt beverage, right? Water, bubbles, sugar, and flavor, right? It's basically a crappy highball. Am I wrong? I haven't ever, I've tasted one, but it's poisonous, but seltzer, if the word seltzer is in it, it should not have sugar in it. Like. Period. End of story. It should not have sugar in it, right? And uh, I don't know how, like, hard, right, in the sense of cider, means that the sugar that was naturally there has fermented from sugar into alcohol and gone from being sweets. I mean, people from other countries don't even understand this. Like, what's a sweet cider? What, are you an idiot? You mean juice? You mean juice? Anyway, so it goes from uh, sweet to hard as it ferments, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand. That's not what happened in this case. How does seltzer, which has no sugar, ferment into an alcoholic product? It can't. It, it should just be called poison for kids. It should be called poison, poisonous alcoholic beverages for children is what it should be called, maybe. I guess adults drink a lot of them. Adults, adults drink a lot of them, but I don't know. I don't. I like the idea of a hard seltzer that's just like seltzer and vodka and nothing else. No flavor, no sweetener, nothing. Yeah. I mean, that at least would be like, you know, that's like, they call that one hiding from the family. Um, But like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's just like one of those marketing things that I can't believe is allowed. You know what I mean? Like anytime, I don't know, whatever. It's just too much, too much to get into. You know what? I don't want to crap on anyone's business, but. Well, speaking of weird marketing ploys, I was reading this morning, uh, Subway's running a... It can't be true. Because Booker considered it. Go ahead. Tell him oh, what really? it is. Yeah, tell him what it is. <laughs> no, apparently 10,000 people have done it. Um, if you change your name to Subway, you get free Subway sandwiches for the rest of your life. Legally. 
has yeah, to be on legally, your license. Yeah, 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 yeah right, right. So here's the thing. Like, how, how do they force? So I immediately Dax from camp texts us and, you know, you know, Jen and I texted to Booker who, you know, get this. This is, I mean, I probably shouldn't talk, but he doesn't listen to the show. So it's fine. Right. So Booker eats an unconscionable amount of tuna. Right. And so, you know, we tell him about Jeremy Piven, who, you know, went crazy from all the tuna he ate because the mercury poison. At least that's what he says. We all know that he was just kind of probably, a little, you know. Just probably doing bad things without the sushi. But we're like, look, mercury poisoning. This famous actor got mercury poisoning from eating all this tuna. He, I'm not talking like a can. I'm talking like four cans a day, like every day. We're like, Booker, you must stop. And he wouldn't believe us, actually. So he keeps asking ChatGPT. And now ChatGPT is like, you can't eat that much tuna, Booker. And he's like, oh, I, you, you, yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Uh, and Booker is, I tried to teach him the term hallucination for when G GPT is making mistakes. Cause it, and you know, he's like, no, it's just artificial error, artificial error. I'm like strong, strong. Anyway. So immediately we text Booker this thing about subway and he goes, I don't trust it. I think it's a scam. And that was it. You know what I mean? And I was kind of like, you know, I kind of believe it that it's a scam because aren't they all independently owned? Like, how do I force like, you know, Jane and Joe, you know, Jamoke's subway in, you know, Milford to freaking, you know, honor this, honor this thing. And can he then go and just put himself into a mercury coma by eating nothing but subway tuna sandwiches? Cause he would do that. You know what I mean? I've seen him eat two foot long subway tuna sandwiches in a day. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Two subway sandwiches period in a day is no good. Yeah. You know, uh, I told you guys, I think I said this on the air. He used to go around to, he would troll subway.com, the web, wherever their website is, like whatever their website is. He would troll it all over the world to try to find some combination of inputs that would get him the most expensive possible Subway sandwich. He's like, it's double meat, double bub. He would like, he's like list off like a thing. So he once made us a sandwich that was like a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? By like layering stuff in a way that was not intended. And he also was able to get everything for free. He's like at the location. He would like name the location. It could be anywhere in the world. He once found one like over by the Staten Island Ferry. And yeah, he's like, he would just go find all these weird deals on Subway all the time. But he could just have it free and then he wouldn't have to worry about it. Oh man, this is such a scam. And it's definitely true, but it's only going to one person who changes their name. Oh, that is garbage. And it's $50,000 worth of gift cards. That is garbage. Oh, <laughs> that is trash. Uh, and unlike the Harrier thing where they, like, obviously Pepsi wasn't going to give that kid a Harrier jet, no. right? Uh, you know, so for those who don't know, like, you know, back in the whatever it was, 90s, I guess, like someone got an investor to buy a zillion, you know, Pepsi points and then was like, you owe me a Harrier jet because they put a commercial out. This seems like you changed your name. You did something. They said that. How fine is the fine print that says only one person gets it? So, like in order to get your golden ticket, you have to freaking change your name to Subway legally. That is ridiculous. They'll pay you back for the legal fees, though. Does it say that? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> We'll pay you back for the legal fees. <laughs> and have they already chosen who it is, or does Booker still have a chance? I think he's still got a chance. And then once they give you the gift cards, can you change your name back to Booker? I don't see why not. Uh, I don't see that fine print here, uh, but maybe it's yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Give me Booker Arnold, DBA, Subway Arnold. Or do you change your last name to Subway? Is he, is he Booker Subway, or is it Subway Arnold? I don't know. Or does your name have to be Subway Subway? I don't see that in this press release. Subway, Subway S Subway the third. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be the best. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, 50,000, that's not even that many sandwiches that's for not, him. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really not. I mean, if you ate a Subway sandwich every day, right? What are they? Six bucks? For a six inch, I think. Oh, geez. So 10 bucks? Maybe. All right. So probably I, 10. That's it. Like 5,000 sandwiches. 10. Yeah. So that's like four, four grand a year. That's like, you know, that's like, you know, 12 years. What is he only going to live 12 years? Kid's only 21. Expect him to be, I guess, if he eats that many Subway sandwiches, he might not live fast another week in 12 years. But like, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, speaking of things that are uh, garbage ideas, since you're the one right now with a uh, restaurant currently, hook us up on the, uh, on the street shed situation uh, with the city. What are they trying to do? Make you take it down? Oh, no, you have to it? take it down every winter and then put it back up. 
You know what all restaurants have is lots of storage space. Did you know that? That restaurants have a lot of storage space? And even just that, all the extra money required to put it up and take it down twice a year. It's crazy. Is that real or is that theoretical still? No, I think that's real. So that's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. They're letting you do it, but. Yeah. yeah. So, but, so then are, is the average person, do you have a shed? No, we don't. Yeah. Oh, we so have a bike lane right there. Oh, son of a gun. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what percentage, these New York City people, you know, write us in on our Patreon. What percentage of people do you think did actual follow the rules when they did their sheds? Like zero? Like zero? Or is, was there, is there one person? We tried to follow the rules at XCon when we were open for that 25 seconds during the, uh, you know, when they, when they had that. But no one follows the rules. You're supposed to not have seating within X number of feet of like a, a parking meter, uh, a bike rack, a, bike rack, a uh, fire plug. Uh, there has to be like a sidewalk egress around you for X amount of space or the people who are allowed to build into the, the lanes. It's just like no one followed any of those rules at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. They, the rules should be changed to make it. It should just they should just codify it in a way that's normal. But like. So are most people you think going to like completely scrap it and build a fresh one or are they renting storage spaces, you know, in Jersey or something? No way. They want you to like not ever put it back up again. Yeah. So you're just going to like throw it out and then be like, ah, I'm not doing it next year. Yeah, but the money. That's what they want. But you're not going to keep that crappy stuff. wood. Well, know, it's saying it's you, like, well, like so the, the two choices are build it from scratch every yeah. spring or um, either build it from scratch every spring or upgrade to something that you can knock down and put up like some people have like weird they're basically in eating inside outside you know yeah. what i mean i mean what are those folks going to do yeah people who have you know fundamentally built greenhouses in the street you know what i mean i don't know yeah so stas you think they're just trying to like only the like like when they did the hassett plan where they're like we're going to make it so onerous that no one's going to do sous vide anymore and then everyone yeah. did sous vide anyway and they were like oh we didn't really intend yeah. this do you think that's what it is yeah Suffer because you got no. I mean, we had this stupid vestibule thing that needed to be taken down, and we were like, "Well, crap," you know. Like, let's just throw it out and get a new one every year. But there was no, never another year. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, if anyone out there thinks that we, as a society, is pro small business, think again. I found out the other day, uh, one of Jeremy Umansky's posts, he was talking about the HACCP plan for uh, the larder down there. And he was, you know, he's, I guess, really into all the USDA regulations and all that stuff right now. He, well, he has to be because he, yeah. he flies close to the sun. He's yeah. got some acres going on there. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's all going really well for him, which is great. But in doing all that kind of like fine print reviewing, he found out that if you want to have something that is dehydrated and lasts more than seven days, you need a HACCP plant for that. Oh, God. Isn't that ridiculous? Shoot me. So if the water silly. activity is below blop, and I'm not exactly sure where blop is, but, yeah. you know, I know it when I see it, kind of like pornography. I know it when I see it. You know what I mean? Uh, that was the Supreme Court, not me. That's what the Supreme Court said, people. Uh, but the, yeah, I mean, like, like, why make everything such a huge yeah. pain in the behind? All the time. So that means because people, for those of you that aren't like HACCP aware, HACCP plan isn't just like good manufacturing. It means you have to have log books. You know what I mean? And you have to keep track of things. So why did he tell anyone about that? That's one of those things. It's like, <laughs> why would you don't open your mouth? Yeah. Keep that to yourself, man. You know? Yeah. I wish I erased my mind and didn't have yeah. that in my head right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that's you just... got to do your HACCP plan the way that, like, Republicans do their taxes, you know? Wow. 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 But they, you know, you know who, like, their accountants make a lot of money figuring out, you know, how to how to get around it. But the, the issue is, like, um, it's just the records you that's have to true. keep with HACCP, which is just a pain in the butt. Um, Isn't the application process expensive, too? I don't know anymore. I mean, so many people have done it. I think that stuff's pretty streamlined. Um you know, and there's a lot of people that have it, but you know, you got to keep the logs. It's like yeah. it's like another thing. Like you know, you keep your your uh, you know your shellfish tags and all that crap. You know, it's like another thing you have to keep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just another layer of of uh, useless garbage. Yeah. So like you know, oh, is your dehydrated stuff still dehydrated? I don't know. I can't tell. Obviously, it's still <laughs> dehydrated. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But what some idiots got to look at a piece of paper and be like, yep, dehydrated. <laughs> Could you imagine if like, imagine if someone was like, de- like, like making like, like, I don't know, fruit leather. And you handed them and they're like, hey, let me see the fruit leather. And then the, you know, the, the prep person came in and handed you jelly. You'd be like, that's jelly, you idiot. It's not dry. You know what I mean? And you're in it, like, like, how, like, yeah. why do you need a logbook for this? You know, when your fruit leather isn't fruit leather. Anyway. Yeah. You know, it's not like a, <laughs> it's not like an in-between. There's no like wiggle room. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do. No, man. Nastasia and I were talking. Uh, before about that speaking of jelly about the 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 five gallon bucket of mold jelly in los angeles years ago mm-hmm. i never saw it i never saw the pictures of it oh there were there was something uh, yeah 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 well uh we have kind of a question on that yeah yeah get into it uh and i don't know anything about it so you know uh, Okami writes in related to some of the questions on a previous show. Have you ever tried making, and I'm sorry, I'm going to b- butcher the, uh, Korean, uh, Chong. I'm going to call it Chong. C-H-E-O-N-G. Chong? Chong? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, Korean one-to-one macerated fruit syrup, right? So it's one-to-one sugar and syrup, but the kicker, uh, is there a quicker way to, so is there a quicker way to get the same type of result? Because a, a lot of these, uh, syrups, are aged then, right? So, whereas if you were to take a fruit, you could put a one-to-one uh, just sugar in with it, and over the course of several weeks, it would macerate and would turn into a thing. But I, uh, I looked up, and by the way, oh, uh, I don't have an answer for you, Kami. Sorry, but uh, I did look up uh, an article which is quite interesting because what I don't understand is what is actually going on in the syrup as it ages, right? So in fruits. So in a regular one-to-one simple syrup, which, you know, let's say you were going to use just instead of fruit, water and sugar. Now, this is going to be slightly more sugar uh, than that would be because there are solids in the fruit itself, right? So it's not like one, it's not like a one-to-one simple syrup. It's higher. It's like probably closer to, you know, 57, 60, um, depending on the fruit that you use, blah, blah, blah. Um, so in a normal one-to-one simple syrup, you'll get yeast and all kinds of effed up floaties and it will ferment over time pretty quickly and then the 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 amount of sugar in it will drop right uh if it's still palatable for you to eat you know how i know this because i've tested it at home uh but uh these fruits uh syrups are typically high acid enough that you're not getting those kind of yeast things but they're are still, as they call, quote-unquote, osmotolerant yeast and things that grow in them. Uh, and the article that I looked at was, uh, and I'm not going to pronounce this anyway either, but like green uh, green plums in Korean, M-A-E-S-I-L, green plums. So the green plum version of that, there's an article written on it called The Effects of Fruit Maturity. That's what you should search for because the title is too long for me to write down. It was The Effects of Fruit Maturity, blah, 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 mesal uh, syrups. Uh, and it's um, not behind a paywall. So you look, can look it up. And what was most interesting to me was that uh, even though they were fermenting for a long time and undergoing a lot of change, the bricks, right, the actual solids content of it didn't change that appreciably. So they aged these up to a year. Even over the course of a year, they weren't seeing a lot, uh, a uh, huge drop. In other words, a huge amount of consumption of sugar by microbes, but there was change in flavor due to microbes. And what that tells me is this is going to be difficult to fake by going slowly because anything you do rapidly is going to be kind of a rapid conversion of uh, sugar to whatever else, lactic acid, whatever else. And there was a pH drop over time. So there's probably some lactic acid stuff going in there as well. I, I don't know. You have to read the paper in more depth. Um, but I think it's going to be relatively difficult to get the same effect quickly because it's happening over such a long time with such a minimal amount of, of uh, uh, underlying consumption of the base product. That's all. But I'd be happy to be wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, and it actually seems to be a fermentation process and not just something that you could, let's say, accelerate with heat the way that black garlic is. Although that would be interesting. That would be super interesting to keep a fruit syrup at an elevated, like to, to put the, to, to, let's say bag, you know, yuzu or citron, slice it, right? Mix it with sugar, right? Vacuum bag that sucker and then uh, throw it in and then treat it at uh, a relatively elevated temperature for a long time. It would be super interesting. One thing to note, fructose, 
so acid and sugar, we talked about this a little bit last week. Acid and sugar, you'll invert. By the way, I built – so stupid. I don't know why I did this. Theoretically, it was for the book. But I built a a uh, a really cheap polarimeter so I can now check to about – I mean, it reads to a tenth of a degree. I printed it on my 3D printer, but you know, probably I'm getting like half a degree of resolution. So I can really check uh, how much um, – light bends as it goes through solutions and i'll give you i'll give you guys and like you can build it if you already have a multimeter at your house and a 3d printer you could build this for like six bucks right i mean like it's really cheap but uh what i'm working on next I, there's some things i make better but i shouldn't make better because i don't have time to make it better but one of the interesting facts i figured out was uh and you could actually just do this with your computer monitor if you didn't care so malic acid i use a lot of malic acid right i use mainly citric malic tartaric and lactic those are the acids that i use and succinic the acids that i use in cocktail work i guess in food you could use them too if you're correcting syrups but uh malic acid um, natural malic acid. So malic, malic acid is a chiral molecule, meaning that it, it, it exists as two mirror images, right? And as light passes through uh, in one, it'll get rotated to the right. And if it passes through the other one, it'll get rotated to the left. And in your body only or in fruit, only one of those molecules is made. So if you take malic acid from a fruit and, and you pass light through it, it will bend light. If you take most malic acid that you buy in the store that's synthesized in a lab the way it or synthesized not in a lab but synthesized malic acid it both both like left hand and right both left turning and right turning ones are made kind of equally it's called a racemic mixture and what that means is is that it doesn't bend light at all right because it's an equal mix of those two molecules uh, why is it important it's important because that malic acid is more sour than the natural malic acid so the malic acid that we've been using for years you can buy the one that is biologically identical but most of us and i checked the one that i have at home and it is a racemic mixture of l and d laboratory and dextrotary malic acid and so it is more sour than regular malic acid but it seems to match citrus because i've been doing it for years and years anyway uh, digression uh what were we even talking about oh polarimeter you can buy one i don't know whatever you can make it real cheap it's fun uh oh sugar Sugar is going to invert in your uh, syrup uh, relatively quickly. So if you're going to make one of these syrups and try to like – it's not going to be the same because it's not fermenting, but speed age, right? In other words, like do some sort of like temperature-induced like breakdown products, which could be delicious, right? Be aware that it, as it inverts, which will happen relatively quickly, fructose is going to brown and turn kind of caramel-colored at a much faster rate than sucrose will. So if you put fructose in, you have to really watch your temperatures because the caramelization temperature of fructose is much lower than that of sucrose. That's what I was going to – or the browning temperature is much lower than that of uh, sucrose. All right? Yeah? But yep. I encourage someone to try it because that sounds delicious. I might try it. Just throw that sucker in the rice cooker and walk away. I told you the longest – I think the longest that the Zojirushi will uh, tell you how long it's been in keep warm is 100 hours. And I left rice in for over 100 hours once to see what would happen. It was fine. <laughs> it wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, man. I, you know, I was kind of hoping I'd be like, this is delicious. And then you need like, like a bunch of them so that you could always have your 100-hour rice around. You know what I mean? But I was like, this is not, this is nothing. It yeah. was like had a slightly amber color to that it. But it wasn't like. Oh, I got to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah I've done a hundred hour race on accident before in a Zojirushi. Yeah. <laughs> what was your, was your, uh, what's it called? Assessment the same? Meh. Fine. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was not surprising in either direction. You're like, okay, yeah, this is what I would expect. I mean, it is freaking surprising that the Zojirushi is so good that it can keep rice for a hundred hours in all, in, in decent condition. That is freaking surprising. Capacity. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. But yeah, not a, uh, a not a culinary revelation. So anyway, uh, hey John, you want to take this uh, opportunity to uh, push the Patreon, pump it, pump it. Patreon.com slash cooking issues. You get access to a whole bunch of great things. You get to call in your questions live. You get your uh, any questions you have prioritized in the answering with Dave. Um, and I'll put the files up for the polarimeter uh, when you know Quinn's back on in case any of you have a 3D printer and care about the way light is bent as it passes through. 
There solutions. You, there you go. And super cool stuff being shared uh, through the Patreon as well. Access to the Discord with a great community of like-minded individuals. And yeah, uh, check it out. Patreon.com slash cooking issues. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, uh, we didn't finish this question last week. Devin Patel wrote in and said, uh, hey, uh, what is the uh, best quality and flavor pre-ground wheat I can buy from a store online. It is for making f- unleavened flatbreads. I'm searching for the highest quality and ble- best flavor. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, a couple a couple of things. I didn't, uh, I asked for some uh, more information. I did not receive any more information, so I'm just going to make some assumptions. And, and Oh, and by the way, uh, Devin also said, uh, don't get the, the DI fluid uh, machine, the Omni, the one that does particle roast and uh, Agtron. Yeah, well, I'm not going to buy it for coffee because I don't need it for that, but I would love it. And I, 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 I sent them an email and I sent them a, uh, uh, you know, on their Instagram. I want to know if, it, if they're ever going to modify that sucker so that I can have it do flour because then it would be worth it for a hundred percent um and anyway uh also devin wants to know if i can juice a um galangal in the uh in the kuvings i don't know i would bet galangal's a lot drier than uh than uh regular ginger i like galangal yeah in in but in relatively small like not as like i like it I like it as much as ginger as a flavor idea, but not in the quantities that I like ginger. So like in recipes, I have recipes that use like all of like all of the normal ones. You can't get uh, whatever the name is. I forget sand ginger, whatever the stuff that's in um, that's in the uh, salt chicken spice rub mix. Anyway, uh, that one I can't get fresh. But, you know, uh, the regular ginger, turmeric and um, and galangal. Remember that syrup we used to make? Stas was so good, right? Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. With all three. But I am just not going to juice turmeric. I'm just not going to do it. You know what I mean? Just not. Yeah, not worth it. Not. Yeah, just not. No, it could be the most delicious thing on earth. I'm just not going to do it. Hey, speaking of the other things, remember how I told you that um, uh, at the bar back at Booker and Dax days, like they would not allow me to put a stinging nettle drink on the menu, like nitro muddle stinging nettle. So when you, when you nitro muddle stinging nettle, it, uh, it, 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 the little barbs are broken down. They're broken. And so then even without cooking it, you can consume it. No problem. And they're like, nope, no, nope. <laughs> and I was like, but nope, no, no. Wouldn't it be fun? But th- I, I Uncle learned. Dave, we should just talk about how we might be doing an event, several events in LA. Yeah. Well, so like, uh, I might get excited, get ready. Uh, yeah, we might be hooking something up, uh, yeah, at, at, uh, you know, uh, in, um, in LA, two things. One, I, I, we might try to do something separately. I might film something over there with, uh, with Dave Chang, if we can get the scheduling, everything worked out for one of his new things, but then we might do something, uh, separate, you know, Nastasio loves an LA event and it will not be a sub party and it will not be like when, uh, Polecat when uh, Aaron Polsky had uh, Nastasia and I fly out to uh, do an event at Harvard and Stone and had us prep for three drinks, not three cocktails, three, co- not three recipes, three drinks. And like, uh, that's when Stas, that's when you and I were like, what the hell? And then we had to run to Ralph's. Oh my God. Like we had and to. And then he took us that, to yeah. that weird, uh, strip bar, strip club. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I just not my, that's not my, like, I know it's like was high class pole dancing situation or whatever. High class, but like, just not my, not my thing. I like to like keep my, my, you know, lascivious thoughts and my drinking separate. You know what I mean? Anyway. Uh, so <clears throat> this one, we will prep at least nine drinks, not three. It was what was the actual number of those styles? It was something absurdly low, like thirty of thirty of each or something like that, right? I think even lower. I think it was like twenty of each, and then we had the apple heads. Nobody cared. Oh, and, oh, they cared. Yeah, they. Some people care. Oh, I mean, Harvard and Stone didn't care. Some people who showed up cared about the apple head dolls and the boots with the fur. But uh, and you know, Nastasia just learned recently that Vincent Price. I knew this because my grandpa 
knew, tangentially knew Vincent Price. I can't imagine them being friends. But uh, Vincent Price, you know, good cook, has a cookbook. We should get the Vincent Price cookbook. And if you're going to do a, I'm going to cook one, like every recipe in a book, why not the Vincent Price cookbook, right? Because like, what does it matter? Wait, what, you know what we should do? What? We should rent Vincent Price's old house in the Hollywood Hills and make a dinner of Vincent Price's recipes. And it's and it's and like every five seconds, it's just the laugh from Thriller over and over, and the Wax House is playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Vincent Price was an amazing, had an amazing look and sound to him, right? I mean, just like awesome. Yeah, yeah. I wonder whether he was a good dude. I have no idea. Man, who cares? But we have to then get the apple head, uh, the shrunken head, Vincent Price uh, box, right? Didn't I buy you one of those, or did we almost buy one of those? No, we have one. I think it's at my parents' house. Yeah. Sweet. Now you have to go find a real light bulb. You have to go on eBay and buy a light bulb for it because no one makes real, you know, incandescent light bulbs anymore. Back to Devin's question of uh, whole wheat. So there are a number of, uh, there are a number of different factors, right? So um, I make all my own whole wheat. So I haven't actually bought any whole wheat that I think for flat flatbreads that I think is awesome. And every whole wheat flour that I have bought that's commercial, um, other than the ones I'm about to tell you are relatively meh. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, most of them, even from high quality people, I dislike, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't like them. Uh, I haven't tested them on flatbreads, but I don't like them. Um, and also the question is like, how flat? Like, are we talking like tortilla chapati flat? Are we talking, are you considering naan and pita to be flatbreads, right? Because they're different, right? But like, like, what do you, you guys consider pita flatbread? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. yeah. Flat-ish. Yeah. I wish we lived in a country where the pita game was so strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just, I forget who I was with. I was with someone who had just flown back from uh, Tel Aviv, Elon Hall. And, uh, and uh, he was like, I was like, yo, I've never been to Israel, right? So I was like, oh man, is the pita game just like so good there? He's like, the average idiot makes a pita that's better than the best pita you can buy here. And I was like, that checks out. I'm so angry. You know what I mean? Uh, I was like so bent because uh, anyway, so back to this question. So the reason I don't like most whole wheat flours <clears throat> is uh they taste bad. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing I don't like about them is the fact that they taste bad. And I have my theories about why are like too long to get into here. I have not yet tried ordering like super fancy stuff from like uh, Anson Mills. And if you're looking to make flour tortillas, I would try the, the Hayden Mills makes a uh, a blend that I've had decent luck with with uh, tortillas. It's a mixture of their Sonoran. Because like Sonoran uh, white is fantastic for flour tortillas. But I believe theirs is a mix of mostly Sonoran white with something else. Uh, ground and it might be light, like lightly sifted. The issue with flatbreads is, and let's so something like a pita or a naan has relatively similar needs from a bread perspective as bread. Okay, things like tortillas and chapatis. So like that category has an entirely different set of needs, right? So those need to be, so naan and uh, pita can handle like a normal bread dough and you're just making them flat and, and, and working with, whereas like tortillas and chapati need to be high hydrate, very finely ground so that they uh, aren't like kind of glued together. They need to be very high hydration so that they can puff up when you cook them and flip them. And at the same time, they need to be easily uh, rolled or machined or handled into very thin uh, layer, thin disks. So that combination of needing to roll it out thin, but it needing to be very wet. So you can't make it like pasta, which has a very low hydration. It needs to have a high, high hydration, like, like 70, 78, like 76, 78% for a lot of these things, hydration, right? So in order to get that, you need a very different kind of flour than you would for normal bread. If you want to use whole wheat for a normal bread, I would buy, I don't know who to buy because I don't buy and make my own, but uh, uh, high extraction flour is going to be the best because they're going to sift out a lot of the largest brand particles. It's still got like 85, 90% of the wheat is in there. A lot of great taste and it's going to act like normal bread, right? 
for uh, if you're gonna do sh like the only good whole wheat I bought is the uh, is the stuff for chapatis for that kind of flour, and you need to look for um, um, it's it's made in a different way. So most um, like uh, Western style milling is done to kind of decrease the amount of heat. Everyone's worried about heat damage on stuff, and so they grind as fine as they can on roller mills, but they try to keep the heat production down. If you look at like traditional atta flour, whole wheat uh, flour for chapatis uh, done on like a chalky on a, on a mill, the these are ground at very, very high, at very high temperatures, very fine uh, with a lot of starch damage. And what that means is you have a very fine flour, high starch damage, high heat. They absorb a lot of uh, water, right? So they have, they take a lot of water on. And so that flour is like, the best for making that you can buy for making uh, a chapati. So uh, if you're going to do, a sh and I've also done them, I've also used them for, you know, tortilla-like things that aren't like chapati. But, you know, I'm talking like you can still roll it out very easily even at 76% hydration, right? So the, the stuff's crazy and, and it absorbs that much water because of the starch damage, because it's whole wheat, because it's ground finely, and because it has the right amount of protein and the right kind of gluten to do that kind of work. Now, of the, I've only tried like four or five brands uh, and I've never ordered it online to try to get super high quality. Uh, but the best that I have tried uh, was uh, Sujata's brand. Like I liked it a lot better than like SWAT or any of the other, uh, you know, uh, I think the other Lakshmi or any of those. Um, you can buy them now in vacuum packed bags. And the nice thing about that is they won't go rancid as quickly. So if you can get like the um, Sujata Chaki Atta uh, in a vacuum bag, I've had decent luck with it. But I'm not going to say it's the best and it's not, you know, artisanal. If that's what you're looking for. That covered smothered. Good. All right. Uh, more bread stuff. Alexander um, Camarata writes in, yo, uh, this is Xander writing in from Berlin. Might get to go to Berlin in October. Might go to the uh, Bar Convent uh, Berlin. Although I hear it's now in Old West, not in Old East. It used to always be in Old East. I'm going to go to Old East. You know what I really am looking forward to again? And, and next time I go to Berlin, Schweinhaxe. Oh my God, I love Schweinhaxe. What is that? You take the, like, the pork... The pork shank, and then you like braise the hell out of it, and oh. then you deep fry it so it's like Delicious, like, yeah. like gooey inside and like crispy on the outside. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Rhinox. Yeah. Oh my God, pork. Do you know that? Like, uh, remember Stas when we went to uh, Milwaukee and they had, uh, those things they called pork wings that were like miniature, like Schweinhoxa? Yeah. Oh my God, how good were those? So good. So good. Those are, those are what's it called? Trademarked. You can't, we can't make something and call it a pork wing. That thing's been trademarked. But those things, if you can get them at like a, they don't have them at bars over here. I've never seen them on, I've never seen them on an East Coast menu. But uh, if you could get yourself, uh, th that's basically like mini Schweinhocks, which is like sweet. And I think they're pre-cooked and I think you could probably drop them from frozen in the fryer. And is there anything better in life than just being able to drop something from frozen in the fryer and pull it out and eat it? I don't think so. I don't think there's anything better than that. I mean, maybe there is. Um so, uh, calling a uh, writing from Berlin, not very important question, uh, but I heard y'all, uh, are taking more questions. Here's a go. My friends and I were discussing why in the United States, most bread you buy, even quote unquote, healthy bread is so soft. Uh, Xander, you know, I don't believe in health. I do not believe in health, but many people do. Many, most, I would say almost everybody does just not me, but let's just take your question stipulated healthy. Um, one example might be, uh, daveskillerbread.com. You guys, uh, familiar with Dave's Killer Bread? Dax likes Dave's Killer's Bread. Kind of a good story. They, uh, the, the people who started Dave, uh, Dave's Killer Bread, one of them, you know, had been in uh, prison for like 15 years, came out and then his, you know, went to, I guess had a family bakery business and went back with his brother and started it. And they're uh, a second chance employer. So like they, they do a lot of hiring of people, uh, you know, and they don't, you know, take your criminal uh, record into account. Which I have more people should be doing this kind of thing. Um, so uh, I'll say that about Dave's Killer Bread. It's, but my family does eat it. I don't because I don't eat that kind of sandwich bread typically. But point taken. Um, why is uh, why is it so soft? Uh, if you buy full corn broat in Germany where we live, it's extremely dense. Or if you buy a rye bread in Denmark, it will look nothing like the rye bread from Dave's Killer Bread or even rye bread that you get at any deli. Uh, what can explain these differences? Well, briefly, 
They're entirely different things. Uh, rye bread in the United States, the kind that you're talking about. In fact, I looked at Dave's Killer uh, Bread's rye bread. Most people, when they say rye bread here, there's some rye in it. There is rye in it, but it's not 100% rye. And I looked at their their rye bread has rye flour and wheat flour and like whatever like pile of seeds that they pre-soak and throw into it. That's their shtick and wheat gluten and all of this to try to make it into kind of, uh, you know, a bread that is what the Americans consider bread, whereas full corn, for, you know, full corn broat uh, usually has like whole clack, cracked things. It, it's just it's entirely different. It's an entirely different process, right? So these guys are using what amounts to standard flour, not standard, like could be whole wheat, but like ground, like normal flour and the, with the intent to make a, a, a big springy loaf as opposed to, you know, like the situation where, you know, how I used to say you throw in three kernels and you get, and you, uh, you throw in two kernels and you get three out. Like that's the full corn, uh, uh, you know, grind, you know what I mean? Uh, so they're just entirely aiming at entirely different things. Is that, I mean, like I'd have to go for hours and hours otherwise to go kind of deeper into it. And I don't make a lot of full corn broad, by the way. Um, but they're just designed to be, um, designed to be a lot denser, especially the ones that are hundred percent rye, uh, or the ones that are einkorn. They just don't have the gluten structure to make the big kind of breads that we make. And so, because if you're going to use einkorn or if you're going to use, uh, uh, rye, 100% rye, it's going to be dense and it's going to, you know, they ferment it for a long time. So it's more sour. We got a call? Caller, you're on the air. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Quinn, how you doing? Good to hear from you. Uh, you know, I thought I'd just check in, yeah. make sure everything was going okay. Yeah. Well, good, good, to, good, uh, good to hear you. Glad you could, uh, call in. Yeah. Been, uh, what? to promote our new survey. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Promote it, Quinn. Promote. Do the promotion. Uh, again, the patrons will already have seen this, but for all of the other podcast listeners, tinyearl.com slash bdx survey. Wait, it's pronounced a, Earl? People pronounce it Earl? Like I do. Earl, like yeah. the show. Yeah. All right. Earl. Tiny, tiny URL. No, no, no. No, I, 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 100%. I'm like, it's probably I'm wrong. Like, cause I don't know anything. You know, for years, I called the hashtag symbol still pound. You know what I mean? Cause that's what it is to me. It's a hashtag hash. So yeah, Earl. Should I say, what do you say, Stas? Do you say URL or Earl? URL. Uh, so that's the dividing line. Like uh, somewhere between I'm a, I'm a URL guy. You're a URL. So somewhere between you folks and Quinn and John is the is the Earl line is the Earl demarcation. Most other people I know are URL. Really? Yeah. I kind I, I don't mind Earl. I don't mind it. Earl's cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. I, I, I'm for it. All right. So why don't you tell them what the survey is for, Quinn? Why they should care? Why they should take it? About. Uh, getting feedback for the podcast, making improvements, and also cooking habits and hardware-related questions for for current decks. Yeah. Uh, do we uh, have any, uh, speaking of podcasts, do we have any uh, guests who are in the pipeline that haven't been fully hammered down yet, Quinn? I mean, Chris Young is in the pipeline. Yeah. But... Confirmed, yeah. And then, then we can release all the all the creamy all the creamy hounds on the creamy inf- uh the creamy information, right? Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, are you are you sticking around, Quinn, or do you have to pop back off? Mm. All right, I guess. I guess he pop. Are there? Right? No, he's still there. So uh, that was Tiny Earl. What was it? What did he say it was? I gotta say it. Say it. Uh, say it again. The 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 survey website. Does anyone remember? Tinyearl.com slash bdx survey. Uh, there there, Quinn, what's the URL? Uh, the Earl yep. again? What is it? G- give it to him one more time. Tinyearl.com slash bdx survey. TinyEarl.com forward slash BDX survey. BDX survey. I mean, BDX survey. No, what? You are cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's no, it's no, you yeah. are cool. 
which you know what I think about that. By the way, you can still uh, still uh, pre-order that stuff. Still pre-order. Still yeah. going. Yeah. We're excited. What did you say, Stas? Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, the pre-order site is is uh, you're cool. What is it, Stas? You are cool forward slash you are cool dot com forward slash spins all or some crap. What is it? I don't know. Yeah, jeez, Louise. We're the worst people on earth. Just go to modernistpantry.com and they'll link to it. Or go to bookerindax.com and they'll link to it. Why are we so terrible at this? Uh, Ryan Ford writes in, does anyone have any recommendations? Oh, hey, Quinn, before before you go, uh, I know that you've been, uh, you know, super uh, preoccupied over the past couple of weeks. But any any good cooking information that you have? Any Anything you've tried out? You always have some interesting craziness that you've tried. Oh, yeah. Before all the craziness, I did a yakitori dinner. Yeah. It turned out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in you did inside. Do you have one of those indoor yakitori things that like is like no, intra time in the backyard? Oh yeah, yeah. In but, the backyard. But were like, what was your was your method like hotter than surface of the sun kind of a situation, like super fast or like you know more standard cold? As high as we could, as high as we could get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We need to do the. Uh, we never uh, built it. We were gonna do the uh, Sears all like the upside down Sears all like yakitori death bucket thing where it's just like, you know what I mean? Like infinity, infinity flame. You know what I mean? Yeah. But never did it. Nah. You know, and we probably won't. So I was gonna say where there's life, there's hope. But nope, no hope, no hope. Uh, and uh, what what was your favorite thing on the yakitori? Did you do the? Uh, uh, please tell me you didn't do the. Uh, uh, undercooked uh, chicken situation. Stasi and I had that well, when we were like, meh, right? wasn't worth it, right, Stas? It wasn't like, oh, I need that undercooked chicken again, right? It was pretty good. You, you would have ordered that again? I would have ordered almost any of the other things we had at that restaurant again first. I mean, I didn't hate it. I, I liked it, but I wasn't like, oh my God, why don't we have this in the U.S.? You know what I mean? Compared to the other stuff we had there. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes I think about well, it. Was, all right, it was all fully cooked. I stand, uh, I stand, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, what is it? What is the, the Latin phrase? What is disgusting is not in dispute. It's not. It's the they they gust they gust the best on yeah. us disputatum. Yeah, which yeah. I which I have. You can't dispute what's disgusting because it just is. It's the exact opposite of the meaning. <laughs> exact opposite. Uh, Ryan Ford writes in, does anyone have any recommendation uh, on how to cure olives? Uh, my trees are going crazy this year, and my attempt to salt cure them last year ended up moldy. Any good resources or books? On, bless you. Any good resources or books on the topic? And has anyone tried to press their own olive oil? Okay, so I think here's the issue, right? So, Ryan, uh, Nastasia and I had business dealings once with someone who uh, their whole – McGillow was, uh, they were Israeli, uh, or we didn't actually, we almost had business dealings with them, and they did a olive, home olive press situation. Remember that, Stas? No. It was one of the, our people that we were dealing with, they were going to bring them in for investing, and that their whole money thing was the home olive press. Anyway, uh, Nastasia has repressed this memory, which is probably smart. Um, I only ever tried to press olives one time in my life. In 1994, I tried pressing olives because my future at the time in-laws had a single olive tree in Litchfield Park, Arizona, and uh, it was a nightmare. It sucked. Uh, I did salt cure those olives, and they were good. But the short answer to your question is I don't have any information or books because I haven't had access to an olive tree in like 25 years, 30 years. Um, but I think we should have Oil Can Coleman, Bansuri King, come back on and do a little research because the presses I did look at uh, all have problems. And he's going to – he can talk more than any of us about, like, why exactly how much you extract out of an olive and how you extract out of an olive is going to affect the taste of the oil. Right, Stas? We should do it when we're all in L.A., yeah. All right. Come on live. Justin writes in, I remember Dave mentioning using a rotavap to distill the way tomato leaves smell. I'm not going to have a rotavap anytime soon. Is there a different way to get that aroma or taste out of the leaves? Everything I've Googled so far is not for food. I don't have any way to get the aroma out of it uh, other than distillation, but I will think on your problem. Uh, I will think on your problem, Justin. And in the 57 seconds we have left, um, did I talk about the uh, sugar experiment we did in at Campari last week where... 
Can I talk about it? I'll say it again briefly. So at Tales of the Cocktail, we did a uh, test of daiquiris where we tested um, 10 grams of sugar versus the equivalent amount of simple syrup, which is a little more than half of an ounce, and three quarters of an ounce of lime, two ounces of rum, sugar versus regular simple syrup, and two-thirds of, of uh, bartenders tested preferred sugar, and it pissed me off because I don't want to use sugar at the bar. I then did that same thing in UK, same recipe, and again, sugar one. Here's the thing. Right, Sugar one over simple syrup and rich simple syrup at the same amount of sugar. But then we ran a second test. Ready for it, people? Where we did 20 20, uh, milliliters, which is a flat two-thirds of uh, simple syrup instead of the the half. And the equivalent amount of sugar, which is 12.3 grams, not 10 grams. And then simple syrup one by the same margin, two-thirds. So in a a super dry daiquiri, sugar wins. And in what I would consider, you know, the daiquiri that I'm more used to making, Right with 12.3 grams of sugar per 60 ounces and two, three quarters of lime juice. That sucker, simple syrup one handily. So sweet cooking issues. 